once again, go to sharpshooterfunding.com. The Bret Hart and the Hart family, so grateful that they can uh, link up with us and let them play their commercial for their new website and their new funding business on our show. Uh, starting off with a bang here today. Normally we come on, we complain about wrestling, and after Backlash last night, there's a whole bunch to complain about. Uh, but we'll get to that because we have something very, very special planned first, or should I say someone very special. And uh, Icon teased it a little bit last week, mentioned who it was going to be, uh, and he's on with us right off the bat, right out of the gate. Uh, so, Icon, I will let you do your thing here, and uh, we'll get this thing rolling. But, again, I think this is arguably one of the biggest, literally, guests that we have had in a long time. So, Icon, hit us up. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down that aisle, coming to us live. From the coolest area in the entire country, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the king of the MMA. Without further ado, ladies, he is the big man on campus. He is Dan the Beast. Severin. Hey, Dan. I'm here, there, guys. (laughs) That was a a very interesting interesting intro there, yeah. Big man on campus. I like that. Okay. All right. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, our guest is uh, Dan B. Severin. Uh, of course, he's uh, he is the MMA legend, uh, and he also uh, deserves to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, and we're going to talk to him a little bit. Uh, and then, uh, now that we've introduced you, maybe you can give us a little uh, introduction of who you are, and then we'll ask you some uh, questions. Okay, so you want to give, give you like a little uh, Reader's Digest version of who I am, then, Icon? Sure, go ahead. All right, well, basically, Dan to be severed. Well, let's say, let's uh, start in amateur wrestling in seventh grade, 1969. Uh, started teaching sport wrestling in 1971. Won my first national title in 1972. You guys are how old? My point is, I've been competing longer than most people have been alive. I jumped into the uh, my first profession, professional wrestling. As of the 1992 Olympics, and then by 1994, I started my second profession into uh, the WAC, uh, into the the cage fighting world. So basically, I was doing doing two professions simultaneously, uh, never exclusive to the WWF, never exclusive to the UFC. Worked for the NWA and, and any other company that that I wanted to. So, in a nutshell, uh, I have uh, let's see. Uh, I'm the only Triple Crown champion in the UFC's no holds barred history. And uh, uh, between my amateur wrestling career, professional wrestling career, cage fighting career, I have just over 100 state, national, and or international titles and or records. There you go. And you're also, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you're also a, a grandfather, if I'm not mistaken. A couple times over now. There you go. So, uh, Dan, we want to talk a little bit about we will uh, we have you, we have you for about uh, uh, forty five minutes here or so. Uh, basically, you know, you started out with uh, MMA, uh, and then uh, you went into the the WWE. Uh, oh, no, 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 the, just uh, just 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 the opposite. Oh, okay. But, oh, yeah, but, yeah, my first, but yeah. You no, know, no, you're right in that aspect. I mean, I my first profession was professional wrestling as of the 1992 Olympics. 
first decided the okay. independent speed, and then I jumped into the world of cage fighting. But I was competing in the Ultimate Fighting Championships, and then while well, I still do it professional wrestling, and then eventually worked for the WWF. Yeah, so I mean, a lot of people always thought I was a cage fighter first, then then went from UFC to the WWF, which is true. But I was a professional wrestler before because a lot of people thought, "Wow, well, you're you're a sellout." And you, you you left one just to do the other. I go, well, if anyone should be pissed at me, it should be professional wrestling people being a sellout and jumping into the cage. Well, you know, I'll tell you, with as big as you are, I don't think I'd ever come up to you and say, hey, you sold out. I, I definitely, we definitely wouldn't do that. So uh, when you uh, went into the, the WWE, how did uh, how did you get hooked up with them? Was that through Ken Shamrock, or did they call your agent, or how did you uh, get hooked up with the WWF? Well, basically, I mean, they contacted me directly. I, I, I've actually never had an agent that worked on my, my behalf. It's, uh, you know, I ended up getting a phone call from both WCW and from uh, WWF, uh, kind of all at the same time period. And just that uh, things worked out quicker with the uh, WWF. You know, almost all, most of all my dealings were with uh, Jim Ross, and uh, I got along really well with uh, Jim. And, and uh, you know, they were they were probably speaking to Ken Shamrock. At the same time, I think probably the uh, whole uh, gist of the conversation was trying to you know get uh, Shamrock Seven Three in, uh, in, in uh, into the world of professional wrestling, but uh, you know, it never materialized there, just like it never materialized in the uh, in the MMA world. But uh, you know, I, I, I Ken went to work almost a year before I did because he just said X amount of dollars, I'm yours. The only thing that I was being a little slower about was the fact that uh, they did not realize how old I was, and I did not want to put all my apples into one cart and then go to work for a couple years, and then they don't like to color my hair anymore, and then I have to re-engage everything else that I'm currently doing. So I just kind of really kind of stuck, stuck, stuck to my guns, and uh, I really wanted to be non-exclusive, and, uh, and I ended up getting it. And I turned out to be uh, WWF's oldest rookie ever at uh, 48 years of age. Well, you know, and I'll tell you what, uh, at the at the way you look now, I mean, you, uh, you 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 don't look your age. You look you got, and I'm not just saying this, but you look a lot younger than you actually are. Uh, no, but, I mean, well, again, just like this past weekend, you know, I mean, you realize I've turned 60 here shortly. I don't look like a 60 year old guy. I don't act like a 60 year old guy. I don't move like a 60 year old guy. Right. Well, you know, it's like but when you, show, none of us act our age anyway. So, well, <laughs> well, me- mentally, no. Um, but 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 then uh, well, when you when you when you came in, uh, I remember Jim Ross talking about you know the uh, the the difference between you know professional wrestling and then coming over from MMA. Back in the day, uh, MMA obviously wasn't what it is now. Uh, they already had, you know, Ken. Well, I don't know if they already had Ken Shamrock, but they had Steve Blackman for a while. They had Ken Shamrock. They had you. Um, do you feel like perhaps your previous MMA training made it easier for you to step right into the uh, to the wrestling ring from an athletic standpoint, or maybe it was detrimental because you used to actually hitting people? No, I mean, no. I, I don't think it really uh, was a beneficiary or, or uh, a positive or negative. Here we got it. Professional wrestling is professional wrestling. Right? The reality is, yeah. you're putting on phenomenal athletic performances. Uh, you know, I, I travel with one of the most recognizable, but 
recognizable belts, three from the UFC and one from the NWA. And, uh, you know, everyone that comes up to the table, they do it are because of the unique characteristics that the, the UFC belts are and the NWA belt. And uh, they all they all know what the UFC is, but then they're like, well, NWA wrestling, what exactly kind of wrestling is it? And I'll say, well, you know, if you watch television, if you watch, like, the WWE, things of that nature, and they always, they always say the same stuff. They always say, well, you know, oh, you mean the, the fake stuff? I go, oh, well, professional wrestlers uh, don't like to hear the word fake. And I go, I said, you obviously recognize these three belts back here. And they're like, oh, yeah, love, love UFC. I go, well, I said, I've had, I've had a dual career in, in both industries. And I've been hurt far worse in my professional wrestling career than I ever have been in all of my cage fights combined. And they look at me like, that's 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 crazy. I go, well, I said, really? I know something's crazy. I go, I, I've been hurt far worse in my amateur wrestling career than in my cage fight. Out of the three different industries I've been involved in, the safest thing I've ever done is cage fighting. <laughs> they look at me like, that's that is a, the most ludicrous I've ever, I, ever seen they ever heard. I go, well, competing inside the United States, wrestling amateur wrestling, no, but international competition is a whole different animal when you have a country versus a country. And this is, you got to realize, I was still competing th- during the Cold War era. So you got Russia with communism and, uh, you know, they're puffing their chests out. They've got nuclear power. And the United States, okay, you know, they're, they're puffing out their chests and, and they've got nuclear power. And, and you know, that was like, you know, you know, like two bullies on the block here right now puffing it at the posturing for position and stuff like that, but you know, they were they were playing things out through athletics. You know, you, you, if I was on the mat with a Russian wrestler and I had, you know, three uh, referees that were up from the old Eastern Bloc, I was going to get screwed over on points, I was going to get screwed over on passivity calls and things of that nature, and, uh, you know, they would let things go of, of illegal techniques and maneuvers and stuff like that. So it was, uh, as I said, I've, I've been hurt far worse in amateur wrestling than I have with my professional wrestling, but professional wrestling definitely number two, and cage fighting, same to same out of all three of them. What was the worst injury you had? S- say that again? What was the worst injury you had uh, when you were doing these? Well, I mean, uh, well, I guess I do a little bit more to kiss and tell now. I mean, I, I never want to know, know about, but since it looks like my, my mixed martial arts career might have all come, finally come to an end, I mean, I've had, uh, I've actually had uh, two knee surgeries. Uh, both both my knees have been uh, operated on, uh, both through first, first orthoscopic surgery, and then I had the, the little bit more the the bigger cut when orthoscopic was not uh, yet around, and uh, uh, I literally I was supposed to have had a, a third surgery that uh, was going to be very it was going to be very evasive uh, bungee cords plate screws and I had a a fifty fifty chance of coming back with less than what I had already. And I go, why would I want to undergo surgery if you're going to give me crappy odds like that in the first place? You know, going under eight, nine months of rehab, plates, screws, bungee cords. I mean, uh, you know, my boggle you guys in mind, but I do not have either one of my anterior 
Kusha ligament. That's the main ligament that holds your knees together. I've had one has been missing for I'll bet close to 40 years, and the other has been oh, gone wow. for close to 30, 30 years. So all wow. the by competition years, you know, people didn't realize that there are certain instability factors I had. But at the same token, I'm not telling anyone because I'm not going to give up the ghost here. Right. Now, there was um, there was one match that we, that we definitely want you to talk about. Uh, we uh, there was there were three men involved. Uh, uh, there was uh, three men involved in this match. We uh, of course we asked Ken Shamrock about it, and the other gentleman, unfortunately, we won't be able to ask about because he, he passed. We'll talk about that in a second. That was Owen Hart. But you were involved as a special guest referee in the dungeon match with Ken Shamrock yes. and uh, Owen Hart. Can you tell yeah. us about that match and what what that experience was like for you being in the dungeon with uh, Stu Hart? Well, I mean, it was uh, well, the, 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 I, to me the coolest part was that you know, I I got there several hours ahead of time with with everybody else while they're looking over what I say they I mean you got the you know the sound crew uh, the film crew they're trying to set up cameras they're trying to set up lighting they're trying to set up. Uh, uh, <coughs> You know, rhyme right, or reason so that they're not getting into the photos or things of that nature. And then try to figure out, you know, what kind of a match could they do now in, in the dungeon world. Well, while they're doing all that, I'm basically sitting up in the, the living room with uh, Stu Hart and uh, with a few other uh, uh, folks. And basically just listening to Stu tell stories. And I guess some of us have told him a few things about myself because he was asking me a few specific questions, stuff like that. I answered those questions and, and things. That, that, you know, just, it, was, it was great, like I said, for well, at, least, at least an hour and a half or, or better, uh, you know, that uh, sit up there, you know, just interacting with him. And I, I guess I, I must have made some kind of a good impression upon uh, Stu because, uh, you know, like about a week or two later when I saw Owen again, you know, Owen said, here, my dad wants you to have this, and it was basically, it was it was a Owen Hart T-shirt that Stu Hart had signed for me. Oh, that's so cool. I, I just, yeah, no, I just I said, that well, I, I tell you, Father, you know, thank you very much. So I mean, it, it's not only did I get a chance of uh, you know meeting Stu and uh, you know you know doing things with, with Owen, but then also. Uh, me, I've, I've gotten a chance to know more, you know, meet Brett on uh, numerous occasions, stuff like that. So, now we've heard uh, we've heard a lot of stories about uh, Owen and uh, him being a, a, a big prankster. Now, did he ever try and pull a prank on you? And if he did, what did you do to well, respond no, to no, his he, prank if he did one? Yeah, no, 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 he never, he never, he never. Uh, try to pull the, uh, any kind of pranks on me. I mean, you you could see, you could definitely tell he was a very, I'll say, very mischievous. <laughs> we'll put it like this. And when he when he was put, when he used to put on that the blue blazer gimmick, you could just see like his alter ego come on out here. It was almost like he was like he 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 just he couldn't wait to be 
this is the real the real childlike aspect came out of him. He just loved being that that blue blazer type of a gimmick, and uh, he you know he enjoyed uh, he enjoyed the aspect. But you know, like the first after meeting oh, like the first few times, you know, he opened up more and more with me pretty quickly to where he says that uh, he had, he met me a few different times earlier there when when uh, he saw me wrestling in the Canadian Cup during my amateur wrestling days. You know, this was still long before I was. Uh, Ever involved with uh, uh, professional wrestling, so. But uh, did I remember ever meeting him with that? No, I, I don't remember. But uh, like I said, just he, he was really very, uh, very, very kind of and those aspects. But then it was great then when we were starting to put these matches together between whether it was the uh, Lions Den match or the Dungeon match, or then there was a couple of times where we were just interacting between you know Steve Blackman, Ken Shamrock, Owen Hart, and myself. Now, no, Dan, you, uh, uh, I first saw him – well, I, got, I first saw him when he was – I mean, what was it? Uh, if I look back at it now, when I – I mean, again, he could have been there before him, but I first saw him April 6, 1998, which is when he was, uh, fought Flash Funk. And, you know, I remember when you first came in, me being an impressionable kid – again, I was born in 88, so I was a 10-year-old kid at this point. But I remember when you came in, <laughs> Jim Cornette was behind you. You had the NWA belt. You had two other belts with you. It was part of that NWA invasion storyline. Um, and obviously, you know, you made easy work of Flash Funk. But uh, I just remember thinking, wow, you know, look at you know, look at all the title belts and things that he has. And and uh, I just remember the the you know talking to you now and knowing you know you're a nice guy and his melatonin and everything. But the but the facial expressions you made, how you know how mean you looked, was just to me as a kid was like, wow, you know, like this guy's. This guy's intense. But how, but how did you get how did you get linked up with Jim Cornette? Like, did they do that, or did you know him beforehand? Or um, no, actually, I knew Jim beforehand. There, there, uh, Jim's probably come into my life on probably three different occasions where he made okay. yeah, he made an impact okay. and difference. Uh, I mean, originally, when the NWA title belt was put out to me, it was put out at his promotion, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. So that was actually some of the first times that I ever met Jim. And, uh, you know, the, the match was between Chris Candido and myself. But it, was, it, was, it wasn't booked that in the first place. It was Chris Candido was going up against someone else. I was just a special guest at the time. And, uh, and whoever, uh, I, I forget who Chris was wrestling, but it was a loser eats dog food type of a match. Well, I, oh, you know, Chris basically the British Bulldog. The British okay, Bulldog. so, all right, so, 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 uh, you know, Chris loses the match while well, they're trying to spoon feed him this dog food while the, the, the spoon gets knocked away, gets knocked into me and stuff like this. I'm standing up. So basically it leads to the match. So again, that's what I said. It just, it just, I said, that's what the, uh, that uh, Jim Cornette first did that. And then uh, once again, once once I got back with uh, when I was hooked up with WWF at the time, you know, uh, Jim was really kind of the, the advocate trying to push things, but he was ha- he had an uphill battle, uh, and he was he he was so frustrated with the creative team because he just said he goes uh, it, it, his words was he said that uh, he goes he goes you're the best thing they ever hit. A professional wrestling dad. He goes, you're a professional wrestler who can actually wrestle, and, and not just cut promos and just flex. 
you know, but, you know, was I ever going to do any killer kind of promos or stuff like this? No, I was going to be basically like the, 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 the quiet, silent killer. I didn't have to do the talk. I'd just go out there and, uh, and take care of business. Even even then, when you look at the fact that there was, there were four belts that were being carried, carried out there, three, uh, you know, three from the Ultimate Spider Championship and one from the NWA. So, again, the UFC did, 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 did not even realize how much exposure were they getting on, you know, live television, on Monday Night Raws? Because, you know, Jim Ross was, was talking about the UFC belts and things of that nature. There's a lot of people did not, had never heard of the UFC at that point in time. So there was just a lot of exposure with this because Ken never broke the belts. They, they never talked about his UFC career or nothing of that nature. It was, uh, it was, it was what I was doing. So... Now you uh, have you do you have any plans on uh, uh, if they ask you to go back to the WWE or is that pretty much a chapter that uh, you've uh, you've closed the book on? Well, I mean, I, I don't know what they'd ever call me back for in the first place. I mean, it's I've always been open minded. Now, all I ever cared about was when I was a professional wrestler. I cared at the character that I was going to portray. At the beginning, they used me properly, they, uh, and it, it was good. Then somewhere along the way, I think they realized they did not have any control mechanisms over me. As I said, I was the first and still, I think, the only non-exclusive wrestler ever. I came in as they had to be severed. I left as they had to be severed. I could work for... Uh, WCW, ECW, anybody. I was working for NWA. NWA wanted me to be exclusive of. I wasn't exclusive to the NWA. I was, you know, wasn't exclusive to the WWF. I could work for anybody, and and uh, I I was. I mean, it, 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 I tell people that I've lived out of a planner basically since my junior year in high school. But uh, it really got crazy when I was having a, a dual career between two professions of professional wrestling and cage fighting. Because I would, uh, you know, I, there were some days I'd be on the road 20-some-odd days out of the month. I would wake up in the morning as I'm rubbing the sleep out of my eyes. I'd be looking around, and I'd have to look at my planner to realize, where am I at, and what is my function today or tonight? <laughs> am I a cage fighter? Am I a professional wrestler? Am I teaching a seminar to amateur wrestling? Am I teaching an amateur wrestling clinic? Am I doing? Am I, am I working with law enforcement? Am I working with corrections? Am I working with military? It, it was. That's how crazy it was. And then, but, know, and then it's, been, it's been documented. Well, it's been documented that that when you when you were going through, you know, you had your winning streak and you had some feuds and different things. But it it was noted, um, and, and I heard about this back in the day. But uh, I'm just rehearing about it now. Uh, as I'm doing some some digging here, but uh, they asked you at one point to tattoo six 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 on your forehead, and then uh, to become a disciple in the ministry, and then that caused you to ask for release from the company. I'm I'm just uh, I'm wondering no, why no, they no, wouldn't no, no, why no, they wouldn't no, ask no, you to no, do no, face no. paint. Well, <laughs> it's uh, they you know as a creative team you know and as the cycle of a professional wrestler. Sure, you're gonna go from a baby face character to a heel character and, and back again. That's just 
just it's just the the cycle of a professional wrestler. He even had Hulk Hogan, who was Hollywood hoping to you know he's he's wearing his gold and he's he's wearing his 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 yellow and his red and then then you got him where he's wearing his black and his white. You know I mean it, it's it's the cycle. Yeah. Well, I was as they had severed, they had to be severed. You know, I was basically kind of known as more of a baby, more of a baby face, but a very serious. I'm not cutting the goofy promos. Not wearing the goofy outfits. I'm wearing the exact same outfits from my old fighting championship days. And basically, um, you know, so now they're pitching me this idea of just what you said, putting six 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 on my forehead, mark of the beast, and what oh. you know, Undertaker, disciple, so as they're starting to pitch this to me. I put my hands up like a little timeout. I blow the little whistle there real quick. I'm like, hey, guys, timeout. That's what happened. I go, I live in small-town USA. I do not want any repercussions against my family nor against my businesses nor me. And, and you know, they're like, well, you know how much money you can make doing this? I go, I've already made money. That's not why I'm here. And that's, I don't think they ever understood that. I wasn't there really for the money. I was I was there for the exposure. Usually had no exposure at that point in time. It, it they were they were in small arenas and did it had not blown up yet. I mean I right. say that and at the at the same token, I have made more money in my professional wrestling career than I have in, in my cage fighting career. And you know, it was because of you I actually started watching, uh, you know, Ultimate Fighting because, yeah, you're right. I never really got into it before until I saw both you and Shamrock, and it's like, oh, this is pretty cool. I'll check this out, you know, and I, right. you well, know, I kind of progressed. A lot of people didn't realize that on, on weekly television, how many viewer, viewers is the WWF getting at, at that point? I mean, get, get lots of people that are watching their product that weren't watching the UFCs at that point in time. So there was a, a great there, – there's, there's even fast forward to today, the audiences are almost interchangeable because there's a lot of people who watch fresh wrestling do watch mixed martial arts and vice versa. And they, they enjoy the characters. They enjoy, they enjoy the spectacle that they both are. Well, we got about, uh, we got about uh, 15, 20 minutes here uh, left with you, Dan. Uh, one thing that we do want to do here real quick before we run out of time is I kind of talked to you a little bit about this before. Uh, we're going to have you do a little promo for us. Uh, you know, okay. basically, uh, you'll say, uh, hey, this is Dan and B. Severin. You're listening to Attitude Era Live with the icon of the big swing and Granny Hulkster. And uh, you can say whatever else you want. And then if we have to do a couple takes, we'll do that. And then uh, we'll see how that goes. Okay. All right. So, All run right. that to me one more time. Okay, uh, the the main thing to hit is the Attitude Era Live with the Icon, the Big Swing, okay, and okay, Granny it's called, it's called Okay, it's just called the Attitude Era? Air, Attitude Era Live, yep. Attitude Era Live. One, one more time. Attitude Era Live. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, now, now right. I got you. There's a little bit of a tug. All right, then I'll count you down for five, and we'll see how it goes, right? Okay, with, with I okay, okay, wait, with, with the three guys with with, with uh, Icon and the Big Swing and Granny Hulkster. Big Swing and Granny Hulkster. Granny Hulkster, yep. Okay. All right, ready? Five. Yep. Four. 
three, two, one. This is Dad to be severed, the only Triple Crown champion in the UFC's no-holes-barred history. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the icon, Big Swig, and Randy Hoster. You better listen, otherwise I know where you live. You know, I'm not just saying that. I think that's the best promo we've ever had. That's awesome. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Well, again, that's, you know, again I, like I said, I'll, I'll say that's professional. I said one right there now. That's cool. <laughs> you know, and uh, one thing I was, uh, everybody knows I was just going to throw this in. You know, you mentioned that uh, when you wake up in the morning, you know, you, you look at your uh, you look at your planner and you wonder what you're doing today. And I know that when you woke up this morning, you saw that uh, you're on uh, with the icon. You're like, well, I'll tell you what, man, my day is going to go really good today. I'm sure you said that. Well, I mean, it, I actually did have a very, very productive day today. I, I always, I always grade my my days upon my level of productivity. I, I, and I kicked some, some major ass today. <laughs> now, uh, you, um, now I was going to ask you, uh, and you, uh, you know, you can uh, answer this or not, but, uh, you know, currently in, you know, the WWE, you know, there's Brock Lesnar. You know, he kind of did the same thing. Uh, but in reverse, he started out with the WWE, then went to uh, MMA, then back. Do you uh, do you have any opinions on Brock Lesnar at all? Well, no, not really. I mean, it's uh, I just you know I, I'll just speak up on aspects of, of you, know, uh, you know I've had different people try to do comparisons between him and myself and say that he's uh, one of the the the, the new beast in karate. I'll take of that. You know, the ring name The Beast has been used many, many times before me, just like it will be used many, many times after me. But I always tell people, I did not come up with my own ring name. It was given to me by a legendary NFL football player, Jim Brown. Now, that's the cool part. The Jim Brown was the one of the... Yes, he was, a, he was a, one of the play-by-play commentators for, you know, half a dozen... Uh, of the UFC shows. And in his words, uh, he even said, he goes, Dan, when I first met you, I did not think that much of you. He goes, here you you show up wearing your sports jacket, your tie, and your glasses. And literally everybody thought I was somebody's agent. And that is competitive. <laughs> because, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm walking around with Al Snow, and Al <clears throat> Snow's wearing typical muscle garb and stuff like this, and, and all these other fighters I wear all this muscle garb, so literally they, they all thought that Al was me until the night of the the press conference. I'll say, you know, what, what they know the Friday night weigh-ins is what 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 we know that now. But since there was no there's no there were no weight classes back then, it was just simply a press conference. So the eight participants, the eight men, you know, you you basically had a uh, you know, a couple of tables set out up. You had a pedestal uh, up there so that the speaker could uh, could speak. And then basically, you know, uh, they would have uh, fighter number one with, with Ken Shamrock. Would you please stand up? Ken Shamrock is, you know, what he says, they'll say his height, his weight, where he hails from, a little bit about him. And basically, that would be it. Then, then okay, the fighter number two, Don Fry would stand out up, height, weight, uh, he hails from this, his background is this. And uh, then, then they would they would pull out this 
bingo ball style machine. It had eight balls, and they all had like a name on top. So they spin around, and the first day it would come out, it might say like catch Rock. and then the next one would spin around, and it would say you know Hoist Gracie or or whatever. And that match number one was made. You you found out who your opponent was. 24 hours before you're about to step into the cage with them. So you didn't have now think about that. Think, think about that in today's terms. You know, you you just found out. I, it, 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 it's pr- pretty crazy there. So I mean, for example, um, when when the ultimate ultimate was coming up, the ultimate ultimate was the first time that they were bringing. Uh, various champions and murder-ups all together. And they wanted to make this kind of like the Super Bowl grand prize, WrestleMania aspect of the fight world. And so, you know, it was called the Ultimate Ultimate. And they had, you know, eight men. And it was the first time in the in the world that you knew who your opponent was ahead of time so you could actually do some research and you could start to trade specifically for this guy, and you know, basically, I'm supposed to be fighting this six foot tall, uh, about 200 pound uh, kickboxer, is who I'm supposed to be fighting uh, ahead of time. And then all of a sudden, I get to on location, and my guy doesn't pass, uh, he has some health issues and has to, and he, he's his kid. And now they put in Paul Varland. Now, Paul Varland is like whatever, six foot eight, six foot nine, and I think weighed around 340 pounds. And I could, as a vice I'm thinking, Paul Barlett, Paul Barlett, who exactly is this guy? Is there any footage? We literally went to a blockbuster video and found an old VHS tape that had a match of Paul Barlett. So we went to uh, the, uh, a VCR just to play it, and, and that's that's how I, I did my my homework the night before. Wow! But, no, but all that so preparation, all that preparation had to be thrown out the door because right? obviously, you know, size wise and the whole nine hours, it was uh, two different people. You know, from a Pat Smith, you know, <clears> to uh, Paul Varlins. And just so our fans listening, can you uh, give us your stats, your height, and your weight? Well, I mean, right, well, right right now, I mean, I still stand right about six two. Uh, and basically, I'm, I'm slowly shrinking on down. I'm, I'm about 250 now, but I, I was always between, right between about 250 to 265 is where I, I competed most of the time. Wow, man, you are you are definitely a big man, and uh, that's that's awesome. Well, now, you, uh, you, never, you you guys have obviously never been to the Severed, but my, my the Severed residence. I, I had. I have four other brothers, three other sisters. I'm actually the second oldest on the total pole. The oldest brother, my brother Dave, is, is the smallest. I'm the second smallest. And then they and then they tear up from there. Now, even my sisters, for example, I've got uh, two sisters that probably stand right, right around at six foot of height, probably weigh, weigh right around 200 pounds, but they're not fat. You know, they're both actually... In, uh, well, actually, I should say one's a uh, dental hygienist, and the other one is actually is a physical therapist. But she actually has to help the other guys move patients from chairs to beds, and beds to chairs because she's so she, she, she's strong. 
it, maybe uh, you know if uh, you know if we if we could work it out, maybe uh, uh, maybe me and the big swing or uh, can uh, get invited to the uh, Severn home and uh, uh, maybe mow your lawn or something. I don't know, clean food. your pool or something. <laughs> I don't know. Food, food, food is food. Food goes very well with the Severn. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, Dan, if uh, our fans wanted to. Uh, uh, keep in, uh, keep track of you and uh, follow you and what you're doing now. Uh, do you have a Facebook out there? Do you have a Twitter? Do you have an Instagram? What do you got out there? Basically, well, well I'll simply push this. Go to my website at www.dansevered.com. Severed is spelled S-E-V like Victor, E-R-N like Nancy. So Dan at Dan's, excuse me, dansevered.com. On there are all the social media outlets for the Facebook pages, for the Twitter, things of that nature. It, it's it's all on there, and uh, you know I'm probably more of a Facebook person uh, slash you know once people if they're really of course by with me you know they'll probably get sh- uh, linked over to uh, uh, a lot more things that I do with uh, emails and things of that nature. But it's you know give you guys like an idea. I've been on the road so much just in the last you know seven weeks alone. You know, I, I, I took a vehicle, a rental vehicle out that was practically brand new, 8,800 miles on this vehicle. I still have it in my possession right now. I've just got, I've got out of just over 31,000 miles. So, and I'll, I'll be giving it back probably in another week and a half. Wow. Well, that's, you know, that's a lot of miles. One thing, the, uh, the car insurance agent wouldn't complain because, uh, you're a pretty big guy, and I don't think they'd uh, want to ruffle any feathers with you. I'm sure. Well, no, I know these, these actually the guy the guys love me. They actually they they did not know who I was. I I, I, did, I wasn't playing no no celebrity cards or like that with them. And it, it, they they found out. They're like uh, they're like, dude, are you this guy? And I'm like, oh well, yeah, and because well, first, they were they were blown away like the first week time I took out the vehicle out for a weekend, <clears throat> and I brought back and I had. Yeah, I had a couple thousand miles out, so they're like, oh, dude, where'd, they're like, dude, where'd you go? I go, everywhere. I go, that's why I like to get unlimited miles. And then they, they they found out more and more about me. They're like, oh, what do you do? I, I go, I'm out, out there working with some law enforcement. Or I was out there teaching uh, with uh, some corrections. Or I was out uh, teaching amateur wrestling. And then there's like, he said, me that I said something different. Like, they're like, yeah, dude, you're like the... Uh, you know, like the Swiss Army knife of uh, of uh, instructors. You, you, they're like, what, what can't you teach? I go, well, I said, I don't know. I, I understand physical mechanics. I said, I, I've been involved in the sport of amateur wrestling for, you know, since 1969. That is But that that kind of blew them away. They're like, going, because they didn't realize how old I was at that time. And then, uh, of course, uh, you know, Danny, you and I talked about this uh, when we talked. Uh, what I'll do is uh we uh I was able to get a few things that I'll have you sign for me. I'll uh I'll uh have you uh, send me the address of where to send it to uh later on when you when you get back to your homestead there and uh, uh if you could uh, do that we'd appreciate it. It's not gonna be a lot of items but it's gonna be a, a couple of them. We do appreciate what you can do for us and uh sure. uh you have been awesome and uh I know that uh you got a busy day ahead tomorrow and we want we don't wanna take up all your time because uh, I know that you're ready to sleep and everything. So we do appreciate uh, you joining us tonight. And I know that uh, before we go, Brady, I'll give a couple questions for you, though, real quick. 
yeah, the beast does these these beauty beauty sleep here things out that you know. You know, and it's like I've always liked that term beauty sleep. It's like uh, I'd have to sleep for five years just to catch up for that. <laughs> but uh, we do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule, Dan. And uh, if uh, if we didn't if we didn't scare you too much and we haven't upset you too much, we'd love to have you on again. Uh, when he has some more time, uh, when your schedule allows it, and we'd like to uh, we'd like to talk to you some more. Well, I sure I sure would because it's uh, yeah, rest assured. Even though the fact that you may not be seeing me in the cages, you may not be seeing me uh, very much on the uh, professional wrestling scene. There's, but I still do. I was actually I just did another professional match just this past weekend, uh, so I still do I still do that. Uh, but uh, I've I've got. Uh, a number of projects I'm working on, and uh, some are a little bit premature yet, but uh, you know, somewhere let's say say 60, 90 days, I'd definitely uh, touch base there with me because I, I may have some major announcements that are taking place. All right, well, we'll definitely do that, Dan, and I appreciate it, sir, and uh, you've been awesome, and uh, we will have you on again. We thank you. Very good. Well, thank you guys. Have, have a good evening. Thanks, Dan. You as well. Thank you. Bye. So, Dan Seven. Was that not that awesome? was awesome. Huh? I, you know, and I think Dan Seven talked more on our show than he talked in his full two years of WWE contract. I mean, he he, um, he had a lot to say, and it was great. Um, you know, and he's definitely a humble guy too, which which you love to see a guy that's that big and that physically imposing. Uh, it's, it's nice to see, you know, for sure. Um, now, I gotta get to this because we do have another guest coming in. And I am down here at the studio. I'm not working a Yankee game tonight, but I am down here doing some other stuff for, you know, NFL rookie weekend camps and things like that. So I admit it out, but I gotta, I, I guess, gotta say, man, um, the opinions on backlash. Now we're we're gonna get into this, but before I get into your opinion on backlash, and Granny, I'll ask you as well, Icon. There's some big, big news. Uh, a couple of big bombshell stories that have dropped out of the WWE today. Uh, one of them is my girl, Alexa Bliss, uh, suffered an injury last night at Backlash because she was fighting that oversized, you know, Shrek, Nia Jax, and, um, you know, and Jax hurt her. Um, and, and I liked Nia Jax, but when you hurt my girl, you got a problem. Um, so now I don't get to watch, I mean, the only reason I watched Raw was for Alexa Bliss, and now I don't get to do that for a little while. Still undisclosed. Uh, about what the injury is, at least as far as I can tell. But so she's going to be out for, could be a week, could be a couple months. Who knows? Uh, waiting to hear about the Alexa Bliss injury uh, in further detail. Also, Icon, uh, I don't know if you knew this or not, or if you saw this or not. Uh, but your buddy Kevin Owens signed a five-year deal with WWE. Five-year contract. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm sick about that. Dave. That fat bastard. Oh. So you know, so so you. apparently apparently they saw something um with you know with him know and uh the other the other big news here and, and this is for all of these attitude era fans like you and I out there who you know who would be excited to hear this. If you have the WWE network, this is gonna be great. Uh there's going to be 52 episodes of Sunday Night Heat that have been added to the WWE Network uh, starting August 2nd, 1998, which is when it debuted, 
uh, and go through July 25th of 1999. So, again, if you are interested in the Attitude Era and you do like Sunday Night Heat, uh, which at this point Sunday Night Heat was better than Monday Night Raw, if you're going to compare the two between then and today, um, go on and check that out, and it, it should be should be good times. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see something because, you know, sometimes, you know, following storylines as I'm going through and I'm watching you know, WWE from back in the day. Some of the storylines came to a head on Heat or, or something happened on Heat, and there was no way for me to go back and watch it at this point. So now we'll get to yeah, do that. Remember, so you know, there was a lot of times Heat used to be on just before the pay-per-view. So um, that's that's why it was interesting, you know, so you can see what was going on at that time uh, on those on those shows. Now, um, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to let you guys uh, uh, hash uh, – Talk a little bit about here real quick, but I want to I want to thank our other sponsors here real quick. I'm going to try and call and get our other guests on real quick. Uh, we want to thank uh, MPX Fitness, uh, 3955-14th Avenue Southwest, Fargo, North Dakota. Give Mariah a pressure call 701-293-0002. Big Nick Sports Cards, 3902, 13th Avenue South, Fargo, North Dakota. 701-277-1989. If you're looking for a gaming card, you're looking for the newest football rookie card, you're looking for anything sports, Big Nick's is a place to go. Uh, call and get our man Kramer. And if you're uh, if you're a Green Bay Packer fan, just like Icon, uh, I'm sure they have some stuff over there as well. I'm a Vikings fan, but that's beside the point. <laughs> uh, I, I know. Vikings. Yeah, I know. Icon Enterprises, 701-205-8784. You want to advertise on the show, you want to be part of the show, you want to get on the show, uh, give uh, the Icon a call, 701-205-8784. Tanya K. Photography, uh, 24827, 119th Avenue, Fergus Falls, Minnesota, 218-731-2276. And Rice Photography, 270 Ah, for the best. As well as the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. You got to shout out Connecticut School of Broadcasting as well, uh, which has really helped me out in my career here throughout, not just in podcasting, but in radio as well. So we got to give them a big shout. (laughs) Right. And then don't forget about our big show tomorrow. We will have It's Me. It's Me. It's DDP. I've been working on it. And that's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. And uh, we're also going to have Scott Schwartz. Now, for those of you who uh, don't know who Scott Schwartz is, uh, he is most famous for uh, uh, the actor who stuck his tongue frozen to the pole in the movie A Christmas Story. And he was also in the movie The Toy with uh, Jackie Gleason and Richard Pryor. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So uh, we, had, we have a blockbuster show tonight, and we couldn't fit it all into one. So we had to break it up into two, which is more impressive than anything that the WWE has done lately, even pay-per-view. Very true. Uh, Very true. Well, Icon, did you notice, speaking of that, did you notice the end of the night last night? Uh, They didn't show it on WWE TV, obviously, but you can go find it on YouTube. You can find it on pretty much any social media site. People were leaving Backlash before Backlash ended last night? Yeah. Uh, Did you notice that? It's not too happy about it. Yeah, they left before the main event. So well, uh, look what the main event is. The main event is Roman Reigns again facing Samoa Joe. No build up to the match at all. No intensity. No nothing. It's just hey, we got one big guy coming back. Let's put him against the other big lumbering guy. 
And there, there was no build-up to it. There, the match really, there was no purpose, and it happened. And that, I think that's what a lot of people were upset about. Why do we got to see Roman Reigns again? You know, why does he have to headline thought, a show again? I thought the, uh, I thought the, um, uh, I thought the Intercontinental Championship match would have been a better main event. Uh, and even and it was a great ended, match. Yeah, the no, way well, ended, yeah, but it was a great match. Seth, well, well, Seth Rollins and Vince put on a hell of a match. Yeah, and even though it it ended in a double countout, I thought that Seth Rollins. I mean, uh, not Seth Rollins. I thought uh, AJ Styles and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura was. Uh, a better match. It was a good match for a while. It was a very good match for a while. Um, but I think that is just WWE's um, inability to recognize SmackDown as the top brand. They don't want to have a SmackDown match be the main event match. But at this point, I think a lot of people are. And, of course, if they had the double count out as the storyline, uh, I don't think that they could get away with having, you know, the main event and a double count out um, you know, as, especially with as, as sour as, as the fans are towards him at the moment, I think there would have had to be a clear winner there. Um, but 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 it's just why Roman Reigns. And not only that, the whole event. I mean, yeah, the Alexa Bliss match was great, mostly because you know you get to see Alexa Bliss. <laughs> That's mostly why it was great. Um, the Charlotte Flair match, meh. I mean, Carmella won again. I figured that would happen. You don't want to establish Carmella as a transitional champion, but overall, the the event just didn't have the juice that some of these have. It didn't have that electricity in it. It, it, it just kind of seemed like it was just happening to happen. And, and I think that's kind of what hurt it a little bit, too. And that's what kind of, uh, you know, turned fans off from it. You know, and, uh, you know, once a month, uh, you know, uh, uh, since WrestleMania, you know, my father and I have been watching the pay-per-views together, uh, you know, a little uh, father-son time, you know. And uh, being able to uh, spend time with my dad, um, I, I don't know if he'll listen back to the show. I'm sure he'll eventually listen to the show eventually. But uh, I just want to say, if my dad does listen to the show, I, I don't know if he is right now or not, but uh, my dad is my hero. I mean, I have a lot of heroes, but uh, my father was my first hero, and uh, he's always going to be my greatest hero. And... Uh, and uh, he served his country uh, in the Army and the Air Force, uh, along with his brothers, my favorite uncles. So uh, I don't want to uh, divert too much here, but uh, uh, being able to spend once a week with my father is, uh, or once a month with my father watching wrestling again is is awesome. It's so, nice, but, uh, but, but, but if they're not putting out a good product, what's the point? Right, right. Now, um, you know, because when you when you used to do it back in the day, it was a kick-ass pro, uh, product. Now it's very, yeah. eh. I mean, my, my father would always wait for, either, you know, his favorite wrestler of all time will always be Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, I can announce this now, uh, we are going to have his son on with us, Roddy's son on with us, uh, Colton. And uh, the one thing that you and I are going to ask him about together is what was like for him being five years old in the ring with his dad uh, when uh, Hulk Hogan came down. We'll, we're not going to get into it now. We're going to talk to him about it, but uh, we're going to ask him about that, you and I. And I also want to send an apology to Granny Hulk. I know Sarah 
Uh, I'm sorry that we didn't let you get any questions in to our guests, but our next guest coming up, uh, we'll uh, we'll let you ask a few. Uh, oh, that's not- okay. That's okay. I mean, I knew he was. I know he was pressed for time, and it's like I said, it's no big deal. But I, I actually had the opportunity to meet Dan Severin at a traditional championship wrestling show down in Nashville, Tennessee, back in September 2013. They opened for the Tennessee State Fair, and my husband and my son and I, we rented a car, and we drove to Nashville for my belated birthday gift, and so that's where I actually got well, to meet Well, Icon, she did, she did get to tell him that – well, she did get to tell him that off the air when he called in, so so it wasn't like it was right. – you know, she, she did tell him that she had met him and whatnot, so it wasn't like she, you know, was completely right. shut out of the conversation, but but either way, well, yes, okay, so let's, let's try to get her more involved with this guest as well, uh, right, so Icon, I'm going to let you do your... the – well, yeah, I'm gonna let you do the the introduction and do what you do. Uh, I'm gonna use the little boys' room, but I'm gonna be right back and uh, do your thing, man. We got him on the line in three, two, a. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, we have another big man in the world of professional wrestling. This man used to scare the hell out of me every time I would see him. Ladies and gentlemen, he's known as uh, Mr. For a Reason. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I give you Mr. Hugh. Hey, man. What's cracking, everybody? Good to see you. Great to be with you, man. How are you? Great, man. What's cracking? Well, uh, well, basically, uh, you're going to... Kind of crack some heads uh, and talk to us like you used to back in the day. Uh, but uh, now that we've introduced you, uh, we like to uh, have our guests kind of give a little uh, a little bio of themselves too. So we'll let you go ahead and do that. Then we'll ask you a few questions. Yeah, well, you know, my name is Over Texas Mr. You've been in the business over thirty years. Uh, been in all the major companies. Started out in Kansas City and Central States in Kansas City, Kansas with NWA. Bob Gaggle, Sonny Myers trained me. I uh, went from there after being about a couple of years there in Kansas City, then went, uh, got hired by AWA uh, in Minnesota. Uh, did uh, some shows on ESPN. Uh, went from ESPN to, uh, went from there to WCW. And Went, uh, worked at WCW for a couple of years, and then after that, uh, went to WWE a few times. You know, so I had uh, a pretty good little run in here uh, these last 30 years. Now, we, uh, now of course, your most memorable feud uh, will always be your food, uh, your food, sorry, your feud <laughs> with The Undertaker. Uh, now, what I remember most about that feud is, uh, is uh, there would always be two uh, gothic freaks that would always be ringside, and they would always have this black wreath that you would always destroy when you would see them in the ring. Uh, can you tell us how that feud came about and uh, how they pitched it to you and how uh, you guys put it all together? Well, you know, uh, you know, uh... Uh, as you know, I, I started uh, in 93 uh, in the WWF at the time and uh, came in as the bodyguard, Mr. Hughes. Uh, you know, Vince McMahon liked that gimmick. 
you know, I, I did my best to get it over. Uh, you know, I, even though Big Bubba had started it in WCW, uh, I had to take that gimmick that Dusty gave me and try to uh, make it my own. I, you know, he, he gave it to me, but he pretty much said, you know, put your own little twist to it and make it work. And what I had to end up doing was, uh, uh, you know, I'd watch Big Bubba's matches and saw how he came to the ring and how he did his thing as far as when he got to the ring. And he pretty much took everything off, you know, his hat, his gloves, uh, his his jacket, everything. And so by the time he started wrestling, you know, he pretty much, you know, all he had on was his shirt and his pants and his suspenders, you know. So what I had to do was end up changing all that. And I said, well, hell, if I'm a big, bad SOB bodyguard, I got to figure out a way to leave these shades on and work with my clothes on. The only thing I took off was my hat and my jacket. Everything else stayed on. And so, <laughs> excuse me, once I got that all figured out and I started portraying the gimmick, it pretty much took off. And so WWE gave me a call and uh, wanted to do some business. And uh, long story short, one day uh, uh, we're in the dressing room and Vince came in and pretty much told me that, you know, what he wanted to do and have me do that night. At the time, uh, Elegante, Elegante uh, uh, had, had an angle going with him. And it wasn't getting over too well, I guess, with Vince and the people. And they were looking for somebody else to step in there to uh, to take over to see, you know, if they can draw some money. And uh, that's when Vince came to me and said, uh, "You're going to be, uh, uh, you're going to be. I'm going to have you take the urn from the Undertaker, and you're going to lay him, lay him and Paul Bear out." Uh, in the ring, and you're not going to rise up, and you're going to take the urn and steal it, and you're going to go around the world doing casket matches, and and that's how it all started. That's how it went down, and so I went out there and did my thing, and uh, sidewalk slammed uh, Paul Bear, took the urn and beat the urn with it, beat the Undertaker with the urn and took it, and and uh, the rest was history. Now, you know, I got to ask you about you know the casket matches, you know. That is that always just seemed like a freaky thing to me. What is it like, and what did they have to do to convince you to get put into a casket and then shut and then shutting the door with you inside the casket? What is that like? Well, let me tell you, that was kind of the spookiest thing. Uh, first of all, I was kind of leery about it because, uh, I mean, you know, there's nothing that's, you know, that cash can really hurt you about. It's just the spooky part of being in one. And they were all real. And so, you know, when we first started doing it, I was kind of like, you know, do I really have to get in this box like this, you know? And, and I knew that to get that angle over, uh, I'd have to get in the box. And that was the finish most nights. Uh, we were main event, so we were main event on the card. And so uh, most of the time, the, the the deal was I had to go in the box. Now, prior to me going through the box, you know, Undertaker, let's, you know, I beat the hell out of him real good before he actually tombstone me and rolled me in the box. You know, we had the people right. going through a roller coaster ride where it looked like I, you know, I put him in the box, get ready to close the lid, and then he reached out and put the freaking claw on my goosey pipe there. And then the place would go crazy, and then, of course, we'd go home from there. But 
But, uh, yeah, it, you know, a few times where they put me in a box where Undertaker, you know, tombstone me, rolled me in the box that was the finish of the match, closed the lid as he's pushing me back to the dressing room. Now, they guys, they, they played a rib on me one night where they closed oh, the yeah. lid on it and they locked the damn thing and I couldn't get out. And I was just, I mean, I couldn't breathe. It was hot as hell. I just got out of a match. I was sweating like a hog in there. There was no air in there. So they, you know, they, I'm, I'm up there banging on the damn thing. Nobody's opening it. I'm freaking out. And finally, Harvey opens it, and nobody's around. You know, and everybody's. I'm pretty much. They're all laughing in the dressing room. But that was only one time they played that rib on me because they knew that it did not. That I did not want to get in that box. Oh, I was so glad when that angle was over because I did not get like getting in that box every night. Now. No, I was just kind of curious. When you're in that box, now, did they, uh, did you have, like, uh, did, was there, like, oxygen there that you could at least use, so, or not? No. No, it wasn't, no, no, it was just a real casket where it was, I mean, you know, uh, if they would have left me there a little longer, I would I would have started, I was already freaking out in there because I was sitting there screaming, let me out of here, damn it, let me out of here, you know, and, and I was pushing the thing up, but it wouldn't open, you know? Oh, so, man. So yeah, so somebody finally let me out, and uh, after that night, they didn't do it no more because I, I let them know I was pissed off about it, you know. I mean, they they, they, they you know, they used to rib me like that sometimes. If they liked you, they ribbed you, you know. Well, there, there's, a, there's a fine line between a rib and but what the hell are you doing? You know, I, <laughs> yeah. Man, I oh. – yeah. Well, Icon, you, you don't like – Icon, you don't like small, confined spaces anyway, right? I don't. No, and just hearing that, just—I uh, mean, you're—you're you're a big. It's a claustrophobic so nightmare. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was a big guy, man. I was three—I was about three eighty at the time, and I, like I said, uh, wow. we were—we just finished the match, and I'm sweating like a like a hog, and and uh, so you know, I just—I'm ready to get out and have you know ice cold glass of water, you know what I mean? But. You know, but yeah. the fans, as they pushing me back to the dressing room, you know, the fans are banging on the casket lid, and it's loud as hell. So I'm, I'm already taking yeah. for asking like it took forever to get from that ring all the way back to where huh. we were going. You know how big it's of a 20,000-feet ring yeah. is. It takes takes a while oh, to get geez. back to the dressing room. So, so I'm freaking out, you know. So I was so glad. Like I said, I was so glad that angle was over, you know. <laughs> Well, at least so, you kept the kayfabe, because at least you kept the kayfabe and stayed in there. I, I, I mean, you know, because show must go on type of thing, because Icon would have broke out. He would have broke character and been out of that thing and running. So yeah. at least uh, yeah. at least it's good that, you know, you were able to do that, uh, although it's kind of funny yeah. to think of Icon running. But either way, you know, it, yeah. that doesn't happen yeah. very yeah. often. I mean, you know, but, it, it was fun while it lasted, you know. I got, got a lot of good, a lot of oh, big yeah, shakes out of it, so I was happy about it, you know. So um, I bet not. with uh, with uh, your uh, current uh, uh, your your current uh, uh, goings on, uh, you're you're uh, you you train wrestlers now, don't you? Well, I did for I did for about uh, sixteen years, and then uh, then I took a took a break after the, the owner that owned that school I was at, which was WWA four. I was there for about 16 years, and then uh, he he got he he got a little older, and then he wanted he wanted to do something else and retire. So after he la- after he retired, then that's when I stopped uh, at that particular school. Now after after that school, you know after I left and he closed, 
then I pretty much just, uh, you know, took a break. And then uh, I found this other guy that had a building and he had a ring in this building. And, of course, some of the guys that wanted to continue training, they pretty much followed me over there and uh, continually helped them, you know, as, with their career and, and helped them as far as the business go. You know, uh, there's a few, uh, you know, I trained thousands and thousands of guys. And, uh, and then there's, a, you know, I got a few uh, superstars that I trained that are on all the major TV shows around. There's, I got about like, uh, there's three in WWE. There's, uh, uh, there was three in ring of honor. There's two in impact. There's one in Lucha underground. Uh, you know, they're all over the place, you know? So, so, you know, I, I trained a lot of talented young people. Are, are you able to, uh, are you able to tell us who you trained or not? Of course. Of course. Of course. Yes. Yes. You better believe it. Now, like I say, in WWE, there's three of them there uh, right now. Uh, but, of course, there, there was four that were there. Um, you know, we got, you know, uh, Heath Slater. You heard of him. You got right. Apollo Crews. You heard of him. Uh, Antron Brewer, he's an NXT. He's a referee. You heard of him. And, of course, right. uh, Kenneth Johnson, he was on that 205 Live show before. Of course, and then in Impact, you got Moose. And Kiara Hogan, and then in Ring of Honor you got Jonathan Gresham, and of course then you got uh, SP the Ghost and Chad Skywalker. They had their little deal there with them too, and then of course in uh, Lucha Underground there was AR Fox. So so you know there's a, there's a lot of different people that I've trained, and then of course there's a lot of guys that's on the indie scene that are making their mark as well. So you know of course Sam Shaw he was in Impact for a while back, and and uh, you know. There's just a lot of young people that I've trained that are still out there trying to make a living, trying to make their move up to the ranks, you know. Now, do you still have contact with these guys? Do they still stay in contact with you? or? Oh, yeah, of course, no doubt. Yeah, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, you know, some of them, uh, some of them, you know, in different countries and things like that. But, of course, with social media, you know, you can pretty much keep up with everybody, you know. And uh, pretty much all of them that, that – um, that, uh, you know, I still contact with, not all of them, but most of them, you know, most of the ones that are out there making a good living and, and the, the ones that <laughs> paid attention to me, the ones that graduated, let's put it that way, that uh, finished their training. Cause some people, some people kind of left early before they before it was ready for them to get out on the indie scene. That's what's wrong with the business today. You know, you got a lot of guys that so-called get trained by whoever and thank their wrestlers and get out there and start doing these so-called shows and they're killing the business for guys that myself and other veterans, you can't get your money that you're trying to get because you got all these losers trying to get out there thinking they're wrestlers because they got some gear and get a call a promoter and try to get a booking. A promoter's job is to make money, period. So if he can use you and pay you 20 bucks, 30 bucks, and he gets most of the money, of course I will book you. You're just a body. You follow me? But that's besides right. the point. The, well, anyway, you know, and uh, don't don't take this question the wrong way because I was thinking maybe, uh, you know, because uh, you have my contact information, maybe you could uh, pass my number to them. Maybe they can get a hold of me. They can be guests on our show eventually. Of course. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, now, when you uh, when you train people, uh do you have like do you like do like weekly classes or did you monthly classes or how often did you uh uh how often did yeah. you have your training sessions? 
Well, well, with me, I trained Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday we did shows. Okay, so so, and then the weekend we left that open so guys can work on the weekends on indie shows. You follow me? The ones that graduated and they uh, graduated to the next level as far as me saying, "Hey, you're ready to go do shows outside the school." Because Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday we trained. Okay. And then Thursday, mm-hmm. we did shows at the school. Every Thursday, we did shows at the school. Now, what I mean by we did shows, it was like a sh- it was like arena setting. So I was basically showing these guys how it works out in the real world of professional wrestling. That's what being a wrestling school is. You don't just open up a place and say, okay, I'm going to teach these guys, and then I'm just going to take their money. The whole objective with me was I was trying to train as many people as I possibly could to make it on television. My whole goal was every person that came through the door, I'm going to try to train you so you can make a living at this stuff. I don't want to take, I'm not just going to take your money. Okay. You know, my heart is in the game of professional wrestling. That's a passion of mine. I love doing it. I love teaching people. So when people come in to see Mr. Hughes, they're coming in and they pay their money. Of course, (laughs) they're coming in to get some quality teaching. And what I mean by that, I'm talking from, learning how to be a professional wrestler, learning how to do business with the freaking promoters, learning how to cut a promo. I mean, learning how to work in front of a crowd, learning how to work in front of a camera. I'm learning how to get your gimmick together and portray your character, the whole nine yards. That's what a wrestling school is supposed to do. Now you got people out here just taking people's money. Good luck. My whole deal is Monday through Friday, Monday through Thursday, Monday through Wednesday, we train. I show you the basics. I teach you psychology, all that stuff you need to learn to help you get a job. Once you get all this stuff learned, it takes depending on the individual. All of them are different. Everybody's different. You got a different style of athlete coming through. You follow me. Everybody's not, you know. Everybody's not, you know, Batista looking, you know what I mean? Nobody, nobody's built like Arnold Schwarzenegger all the time. So you pretty much got to take everybody the way they are and just work with them. You know what I mean? And so, so um, uh, if, uh, with that, if uh, someone wanted to uh, uh, have you train them, what, what, uh, uh, do you, uh, what would you usually charge for, uh, for uh, a class or uh well, well, it, it, it's there. It's, it's different, you know. It's different. Like, say for instance, you know, we had a we had a little we had a little plan where, it was, you know, you, like say for instance, if you didn't want to pay the whole hog, you just wanted to try and see if you wanted to be a wrestler. And so we did like a one day, two day, three day thing. You know, you can pay a hundred bucks a day. Okay. Now, in that hundred bucks, you're gonna learn a lot of stuff. Okay. But but it's up to you. To learn because you know when I when you come in there I'm gonna pretty much tell you man you got to pay attention you got to write everything down I got I, I I used to get a lot of lazy people that didn't like writing stuff down and and they would mess stuff up get stuff confused and I tell them if you don't write this stuff down it's gonna be like starting over every day you know and so you know a basic price I would charge back then was like you know uh, pretty much nine ninety you know starting out that that's 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 for you know supposed to be for a lifetime. You know, nine hundred ninety bucks, thousand dollar bill. You know what I mean. And so, uh, with that said, you know, if you didn't think you could have, you know, if you wasn't ready to pay the whole hog, you can come in and pay, you know, a week or two, or whatever the case may be. And that's how we did it. You know, now, and it I worked suppose, out pretty good. Now, I suppose in your uh, your line of work, you obviously uh, 
ha- have had some guys, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, had some guys come in and say, uh, well, hey, I- I've heard this wrestling thing. I, I-, I want to get in. I want to start making a lot of money. And, uh, you know, you don't have to tell me a lot. You just need to tell me what to do, uh, you know, because it's all fake anyway. Uh, I'm sure huh. you've had guys like that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, we have people like that all the time. But, you know, I pretty much got to correct them right off the bat. You know, I say, first of all, wrestling is not fake. I don't know where you people get that garbage from. You know, wrestling is not fake. It's hard work. It's very hard. The average person couldn't even do it, okay? Now, I don't understand where people get the word fake from because I guarantee you most of the people that watch it couldn't do it because it's very, very, very stressful on your body. And if you're not in shape, you're not going to last. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so so that's why you have to go to people like me to teach you how to do this stuff correctly so you don't break your neck and end up in a wheelchair or, 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 or anything else worse that can happen to you, you know. And so, you know, I get people coming in, they already got their what they want to do for a finish and all this foolishness and ain't even seen if they really wanted to do this stuff yet, haven't even gotten a ring yet, haven't even seen if they could compete yet, you understand? And so I pretty much have to bring them down to freaking reality and say, look, you here. I don't want to hear about what you want to do for a finish move or, 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 or anything like that. First of all, you got you to see if this is what you want to do. And that's why sometimes I tell people, you know, why don't you pay for a couple of days, pay for a three-day deal, see if this is what you want to do. Because after one day, you might not want to do it. And I've had people that came to me, their parents come in there, and they wanted they figured their kid wanted to be a wrestler, and they paid the whole hog. And then the first day, the kid was like, after he takes the freaking bump, he realized that this ain't what he wanted to do for a living. I don't want to fall for a living, he told his father. And his father came to me, wanted me to talk him out of it because his father loved wrestling. And I tried, but it didn't do no good. Once the guy, once the kid made his mind up, he had his mind made up. He didn't want to wrestle no more, period. See? And so, you know, it happens all the time where, you know, people, like you said, they come in and they, they got a lot of talk, a lot of mouthpiece, but, you know, they ain't, ready to, they ain't ready to back it up yet in that ring when it comes to training. So not only do you uh... – you know, not only do you train them, but you pretty much smarten them up to the business, too, and what to expect. Yeah, uh, uh, not right off the bat. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I try to shelter it as much as I can because, you know, you can't, you can't fully uh, smarten people up when they come in there right away because you're trying to protect the business. You follow me? So so I pretty much cipher that out uh, with each individual. Uh to to let me further know if I should continually teach him the ropes as far as the knowledge of the game is, or just, you know, he's just a fly by night, want to see if he can do it or try he can tell his friends that he tried to be a wrestler because I'm not going to, you know, I'm a veteran. I'm an old timer, old school type of guy. And I'm, I believe in protecting this profession because a lot of these kids out here today, they're not protecting this profession that the old timers past me created so they can have somewhere to wrestle like myself. Thank God for them because without them, I wouldn't have been able to do what I've done. So with me, I'm teaching my kids the same way that I got taught the old style school of professional wrestling because without that, the fans are not going to come pay to see you wrestle. It's already dying already, a slow death. So if we don't bring back 
the old school style of professional wrestling, the fans are not going to care who's on the television anymore. They already don't. I mean, sometimes you go to these shows and they're just dead as I don't know what. They're boring. Some of the guys don't know what they're doing in the ring. You don't know who's a heel or who's a baby face anymore. Nobody wears robes. Nobody wears jackets. You don't know who's a freaking heel or who's a freaking baby face. Everybody wants to go out there and run spots all day. It's ridiculous. You follow me? Right. Now, when you when someone comes uh, comes to you and they say they want to get trained, okay, now do you, do you size someone up right away and say, uh, okay, I, I look at this guy, it's like he's got potential or, uh, well, I don't think he, he's got what it takes to make it or – or do you uh, have that opinion on somebody well, right away, and then do they ever prove you wrong? Well, here's the deal. You know, I'll tell you this. Whenever t- I learned a long time ago, okay, I don't judge people when they, you know, any. Uh, first of all, when you come through the door and you say, "Hey, man, I want to be a professional wrestler. I've been dreaming to be a professional wrestler. This is what I want to do." Hey, I respect that. Because I wanted to do the same thing, and I and I achieved that goal. You follow me? So 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 young people do have goals, and they try to achieve them. Some of them just have pipe dreams. And, 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 and but I give everybody benefit of the doubt here, okay? Just like for example, Jonathan Gresham, when he came in, he was a small guy. I mean, he was a, he had an amateur background though. He wrestled in high school. He was a good amateur wrestler. Okay. Now uh, what I had to do was I had to take him. Okay, I had to sit down and I had to think in my mind, okay, this guy's a smaller guy. How can I get teach this guy so he can compete with everybody else in the wrestling world that he's about to get into? So what I had to do was I had to sit down one night and think in my mind, how can I get this guy to be successful once I get him trained? Once I figured that out, I said, okay, let me go ahead and just train him on all the basics that he needs to know. And everything that he needs to know to have a wrestling match. Once I did that, then I went to him and I said, here, this is what you got to do now, John. Uh, put your little twist to it. Put your little amateur twist to your, to your style and work it out like that. And once he figured out the niche that he was trying to find, he figured it out and it worked out. And that's why he's one of the best workers in the business right now. Because he had took what he had and worked with it. He took his amateur background and kind of put it with the professional level of it. Do you follow what I mean? And so, like I said, it don't matter what size you are when you come in to see me. My job is to train you. You're paying me to teach you how to do this stuff. It don't, like I said earlier, it don't matter if you're chiseled out of stone and you look like freaking, you know, Lex Luger used to look. You understand? You know, if you got two arms, two legs, brother, you can do this stuff. That's what I tell people. You know, you you know, if you find you a good trainer and you got some athleticism, athleticism up under your belt, you can be a professional wrestler. You just got to get trained right. That's all. And uh, you, uh, with, with all your training, and uh, guys, I'll let uh, I'll let uh, you guys ask some questions too. I don't want to take uh, I don't want to take all this time. But uh, when you when you decided to uh, train people. Uh, and you do train people. Do they uh, do they have to sign a contract with you uh, to say well, that? 
not exactly a contract. Uh, it's a waiver type of thing where, you know, if you get hurt in the ring, I'm not going to pay your bills. You feel me? I mean, it, it's right. something to protect me and, and the company, you know. But other than that, man, you know, uh, there's nothing else that's holding me, tying me up with you. I don't get none of your money. If you make it, I don't believe in all that stuff. You got people that's trying to do that, make you sign these papers. So if you do make it, do you, they get part of your money. That's dumb. Why would somebody going to sign your freaking rights over and you ain't even did anything yet, thinking that you're going to pay them later? I'm not going to do that. That's not my job. You paying me to teach you how to be a wrestler, not steal half your money from you. I'm not a crook, see? There's a lot of crooks in the wrestling business, man, and I'm not a crook. I love teaching. I love the wrestling business because it was good to me, and I'm giving back. And the way I give back is if you want a good trainer and teacher to show you the knowledge that you need to make it in the world of professional wrestling, you got to find somebody that can teach you that. you got to find somebody that's been somewhere. You can't just go to anybody just because you saw them in the ring and ask them to train you, man. What are they going to teach you? how to be an indie wrestler, most of the people that come to see me, they want to make it to the top, okay? So you go, if you want to make it to the top, where do you go? You go to a person that's been to the top. You follow me? And I teach people how to get there because I didn't been there before, period. All right. Now you, I, I know you guys, uh, we have about uh, five or four minutes left with uh, Mr. Usher. I know that you guys got some questions, so go ahead. Well, I'll let Granny jump in on this one first because I, uh, I know she's been waiting patiently. And, uh, oh, that's all right. I, I mean, that's all right. Well, well, first of all, hello, Mr. Hughes. Uh, my name is Granny Holkster, and I'm not a wrestler by any means, although I've been, thro- to throw- been thrown in the ring a few times, but I am a fan. I am a huge fan. I remember watching you back in the WCW days. I mean, I remember seeing Mr. Hughes coming to the ring all the time. Uh, my son right. and my husband were all huge family. We're all huge wrestling fans. Um, I remember one time I went to an independent show and you were talking about, you know, how people say wrestling is fake. Well, there was a little boy there that had a poster. It said, wrestling is real. People are fake. And I loved that little boy's poster. And I've actually I had people come up. I've actually had people come up to me and say, oh, can I get your autograph? Can I get my picture taken with you, Granny? Because, I mean, I just I go to a lot of independent shows, but I have a lot of wrestling friends that I consider family. But um, I know, how, I mean, and I'm going to ask this as from a fan's point of view, but um, how important are the fans to you, you know, when you were back in the day, when you were performing, you know, WCW, WWE on a regular basis, how important were the fans and what kind of impact did the fans have on you, you know, back when you were wrestling yeah. like constantly? Gotcha. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, the fans, let me tell you something. First of all, if it wasn't for the fans, there wouldn't be no wrestlers. Okay. First of all, let me just throw that out there. Now with me, I love wrestling fans. I love going to do shows in front of wrestling fans because when I'm getting in my bag ready to go on the road, to go do a gig, I look forward to going into these shows. I look forward to these fans getting there, sitting in their seat, and getting ready to see Mr. Hughes come out there and entertain them because I know they're going to love what they see. I might be a bad guy. I heal you, might think, but I give these people uh, their money's worth. 
Okay, if you come into a show to see Mr. Hughes and you want to let off a little steam, I'm going to help you. If I see you on that side and I'll go over there, I'll get out and I'll get in your face just like you want and let you let it out and have a good time. But that's because that's what you came there to do. I hate to see matches where guys go in the ring and all they're doing is amongst themselves. They're not portraying to the fans. They don't know who's the heel, who's the baby face. I hate those kind of matches. But when I get out there, I'm making sure that I'm coming to entertain these people. I'm trying to get every last soul in the building to boo and scream and hate my guts. You follow me? And if I can't do that, I might go retire. Well, it, it's kind of funny that you mention that because um, I have a friend over in Oklahoma that does independent wrestling shows for kids that have cancer. And we've yeah. had um, Trevor Murdoch from the WWE come several different times to wrestle for a cause. He's become, he's become a really great friend um, of mine and my family's. And I'll tell you, and and I boo, Granny boos the bad guys. So I would have a blast with you, Mr. Hughes. I would have so much fun with you. And you mentioned yeah. Kansas City, you know, Bob Geigel. I used to watch wrestling all the time. I'm from Kansas originally. I've been in Arkansas since right 1988. On. But um, I, I remember the Kansas City days, the NWA days, Harley Race, Bob Geigel. Right. Oh, yes. I remember those days. I mean, you know, those were those uh, those times, memories. You talk yes, about ma'am. old school. I love old no school. Doubt. I'm all about old school. But no I tell doubt. you, if you, if, you ever, if you ever look on Facebook, my real name is Lori Burt, but just pull me up, and I have the name Granny Hulkster in parentheses. I have an original shirt that my friend made for me. It says, what you going to do when Granny Hulkster goes crazy on you? And yeah. all my wrestling family calls me Granny. I mean, they all call me – they don't call me by my real name. They all call me Granny. Great. Awesome. Great. All right, I think I think I'm back now. Uh I don't know what ha- happened there. You know, it's we're out here in North Dakota, and we've got a bad signal sometimes. But uh, one thing that we do want to do here uh, before we do uh, before we get too far into it, uh, I kind of talked to you about this earlier about doing a little promo for us. So we're going to have you do that. And uh, basically, uh, you know, you'll say, uh, hey, this is Mr. Hughes. Uh, you listen to the Attitude Era Live uh, with the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster, and then you can say whatever else you want. And uh, I'll count you down for five seconds. And uh, we have to do a couple of takes. We'll do that. Then we'll come back and ask you some more questions. Uh, man, you said a lot there now. What you want me to say? Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, basically, so basically you'll say your name. Uh, I'll say, yo, to, this is Code Protector Risk Hughes, right? Right, right. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live. Atti- Attitude Era Live. With the icon. With the icon. The big swing. Man, that's a lot of stuff, brother. I know. <laughs> and uh, if you have time, throw it Grady Holster. <laughs> can, you, can you make it a little simpler than that, man? I'm kind of short, kind of short-brained right now. All right. Well, just say, uh, hey, this is uh, Curtis Hughes. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the Icon. It's fun. All right. I can remember that. All right. This is Toby Texas. Right. Hughes. You listen to the Icon what? And Attitude Era Live. Okay, the icon attitude air air uh, attitude air life. Yep, there you go. Man, I hope I can remember that. Damn. Well, uh, let me try one more time. Yeah. 
right, ready? All right, I'm not I'm not live anymore. I'm not I'm not on the air right now, am I? Yeah, you are. Oh damn, dude. <laughs> uh <laughs> Right now, is this is this live right now, or are you gonna edit it later? When we re when we replay the interview, uh, it'll start with your introduction and go into your interview when when it's replayed. Okay, so so what we're talking about ain't gonna be up on air, right? No, not no, 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 no. no <laughs> oh, okay. Thank All you, right. sir. I'm glad I'm glad you cleared that up. All right, so tell me one more time what we need to say so I can get it right. Okay, your name. All right, total protection is to you. Yeah, the Attitude Air Live. The Attitude Air Live. You're listening. Okay, total protection is to you. You're listening to the Attitude Air Live, right? With the with the icon. With the icon. You're listening to the air the added hot damn it. <laughs> total protection is to you. Here, listening to the icon <laughs> or attitude. Boy, I can't even think right now, man. See to two your cheer shots, brother. Yeah, you know, well, I'll tell you what, though, I got, I actually, I actually kind of like this. This is actually kind of entertaining because what I'm going to do is instead of using the normal promo, I might use this yeah. because it actually might be for, for people who are listening coming out of commercial breaks on the sports shows. They might go, oh, that's kind of funny. Well, what's going on tonight? And that, that actually might be better promotion than just saying it normally. So I think we're going to use that. Oh, uh, you sure? That, that works. Uh, you positive? I mean, I can give it a try and make it work for real now. I mean, <laughs> all right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll try. It. Well, yeah, whatever you want to do, man. It's all up to you. Well, I mean, I'll try. I'll try one more time. So it'd be like Total Protection Mister. You're listening to the Attitude Era live, right? Right. Did I miss something? Perfect. Yeah. Well, that no, was it. Time, but you already said my name, so I'll, we can edit it later. Oh, the icon. Okay, I forgot. Okay, this is Total Protection. Right, okay. All right, let me All try right. it. Here we go. Ready? Five. All right, folks, this is total. <laughs> All right, five, Ready? four, three, two, one. Hello, folks, this is Total Protection, Mr. Hughes. They're listening to the icon, uh, added to era. Uh, damn it. I messed it up again. Shoot. Man, I can't remember that for something. It saved my life. Hot All damn right. it. One, we'll, we'll give it one more shot, then we'll, then we'll skip it. Uh, okay, so okay, okay. So after after I say my name, write your name. After I say after I say okay, okay. After I say Mr. Hughes, attitude error live, right? Right. Yep. And then, and if you want to mention, if you want to mention the icon of the big screen, you can do that, but not not record. Okay, the icon. Yeah, that's what I keep forgetting. Okay. This is Total Texas, Mr. Hughes, and listen to the icon on the Attitude Live or something like that. Did I mess that up right. again? Well, no, it's fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just do it. Five, four, three, All right. two, one. Hello, folks. This is Total Protection, Mr. Hughes, on the icon live, and you're listening to... Mm, I still messed it up, man. I'm sorry, bro. Don't, don't worry about it. Are you... Are you I used to do this stuff pretty good, but it's so much, it's so long, man. I just can't can't keep my mind on it, you know. Sorry. Oh, well, that's all right. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll edit it. We'll make it work. And uh, you know, it's like you said, maybe too many times locked in the coffin or something. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you know. Lack of, so, so, lack of uh, oxygen. Yeah. Right, yeah. All right. So so all right. So so uh, 
Uh, is that the end of the uh, interview, or did you have a conclusion, or what? Well, no, we got some more questions for you. We just want to get the uh, we just want to get the promo promo in before uh, we run out of time. Oh, I got you, I got you. So, so, well, you hit the record button again or something? Right. Yep. There you go. Okay. Uh, so, so basically, you added that out, and then we continue the the interview, right? Right. Correct. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So now. Um, if someone wanted to uh, get trained by Mr. Hughes, mm-hmm. how would they go about that? How would they find you? Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find, man. I'm all on social media. Uh, if you go to Facebook and you type in uh, Total Protection Mr. Hughes, I'm there on Facebook, as well as if you type in Curtis Hughes, uh, I'm on Facebook as well. And then on Instagram, it's the bodyguard Hughes on Instagram. If you want to find me there, so all you got to do is just you know reach out on social media. I'm easy to find. If you want to be a good professional wrestler and learn how to wrestle, that's how you reach Total Protection, Mr. Hughes. I tell people this all the time: don't just go to anybody if just because they're close and they're cheap. You got to do research when you find a trainer. If you try to make it in the world of professional wrestling, you have to do research and find the best person, the best teacher that's going to get you to the next level. Don't fall for anything you see, man. You got to look at how many people this guy have trained that's out there actually making it in the game, who actually has a job, who's actually wrestling. That's how you go about finding the best trainer. That's how you do it. Now, uh, where uh, where, uh, where are you located at? Where would they uh, have to come to uh, get trained by you? What uh, city and state in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm, you know, Atlanta, Georgia is down south there. Hot Atlanta, we call it. It's not, you know, it's kind of down south next to Florida, next to Alabama, next to Carolinas. Uh, it, 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 it's not far. So, so you know, if you don't mind coming down south, you know, they got plenty of hotels, whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, you're not wasting your time. Uh, I try to... Uh, I put a lot of heart and soul in the people I train. So, you know, if you come in and you want to be trained by the best, you're coming to see the best, Mr. Hughes. Now, uh, now of course, everybody knows that this question was going to come up because it's kind of an ego thing with me. Uh, if I were to uh, come down and uh, uh, come down and uh, see you for a little session, you think maybe you might be able to slip me in for uh, for about a half hour? Yeah, I can do that. I can slip you in, man. All right. And then uh, I'll, I'll show you that I really do have an ego, and maybe you can help me put that into check. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you can fall off soil when I get done, too. <laughs> now, you uh, better take big – hey, Icon, you better take big swing and granny with you because I want to see that ego get in check. Well, there you I, go. When I go down there, I'll definitely let you guys know. Now we uh, we had another wrestler on with us uh, that has a training school, uh, and we'll see if you've heard of him. Uh, he, uh, he used to go by uh, when he was in the WWE. He, he was known as Eugene. Uh, do you know uh, Nick Gisborne? Eugene? Yeah. Yeah, I met him before. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he was on with us. He's. Uh, He's actually got a little school in South Dakota that's close to me, but uh, I think uh, I might. Uh, I've always wanted to go out to Atlanta, so I might just come down and call you up and say, "Hey, the icon is here. Now you can stretch me and uh, teach me something." 
hey, let's see what we can do. Awesome. So uh, now uh, you still uh, do you uh, do you still do a lot of traveling? Do you pretty much stay there at home, yeah. based there in Atlanta, and uh, do your school? No, I, I go all over the world still, man. I still travel. I still do shows. I still wrestle. Uh, I do a lot of fan fests. Matter of fact, got one coming up here next weekend up in Richmond. Uh, so I stay pretty busy, man. You know, got to eat. Right now, uh, has uh, you uh, have you been asked or approached to uh, go back uh, uh, to to the WWE at all? And would you go well, back? You know, uh, well, you know, I mean, you know, I, I you know, I, I'm in I'm in talks with them, trying to do some business on other things as far as. Uh, you know, getting some action figures going, their legend contract, things like that. So I'm trying, I'm working on it. I'm working on some important things as far as business goes, you know, some video games, whatever the case may be. So, you know, we're working on some stuff. Now, uh, you, with uh, with all the stuff that you did when you were in the WWE, you definitely deserve to uh, be in the Hall of Fame. Have they asked you about Amen. that? Have asked some of us? Uh, no, not yet. You know, you know, I can do just pray about it, and uh, hopefully uh, one day they'll, you know, while I'm sitting around the campfire, decide that uh, you know I deserve something like that. You know, I mean, they they used to put you in a damn casket. I think that's that should be resume <laughs> enough. <laughs> no doubt about it. I, I feel you on that one, man. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing about that is it's just a waiting game, and uh, you know, you just got to be patient. You know. So uh, currently, uh, with uh, with your training, how many uh, how many guys are you currently training right now? Well, right now I'm not training anybody because, like I said, uh, you know I took a break. You know, I, I, after 16 years straight of training people, you know I, I took a little break. You know, I had to because, you know, I, I was getting a little burnt out, you might say. And so and so after the after the owner retired from uh, the WWE four. That's what that that's when I took a little short break. Now, uh within that time, you know, I was I was training people still, you know, in and out, you know, just, just on a weekly basis. But it wasn't like, you know, a steady thing. It's just once 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 I got them trained and they went off on their way, you follow me? So when new people come in then then, then I'll kick it off again. You follow me? Right, right. So that's so, pretty much uh, how it works right now. So, uh, so you, it sounds like you still keep uh, pretty busy in what you're doing. Um, yeah. Is there, um, uh, is there, uh, what is, uh, uh, and when you're, when you're doing your traveling and everything, you're, you're still uh, wrestling, aren't you, every once in a while? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I still wrestle, man. I still do that. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not crippled or busted up or banged up or, Anything like that, I still get out there and show out and do my thing. You know what I mean? I mean that's like I like I said earlier. You know, you know if I'm booked on a show and uh, you know I give the people what they pay to see. Now a lot of times, sometimes, I, as a matter of fact, these last couple of times I was booked. Uh, promoter, you know, promoter wanted wanted me to be a freaking babyface, and uh, you know I was like, man, I haven't been a babyface freaking thirty years, man. What do you mean? You know, but hey, yep. you know that's what they want, and that, you know you want me to be a babyface. You paying what I'm, what, what you paying me? I'm gonna do what I can for you. You know what I'm saying? But I perform better as a heel. So, so, but they they wanted a babyface, and I tried to give them the best babyface I could. You know, but uh, you know they didn't. You know they 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 wouldn't have got the 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 best performance. I I, I tried to tell him. You know what I mean? Now is it 
Um, now I was going to ask you, as as a as a professional wrestler, is it easier to be a heel? Is it easier to be a babyface, or is there no real comparison to the two? Well, in my opinion, it's easier to be a heel because you're pretty much, you know, you can pretty much relax and be yourself. You know, uh, as a babyface, you know, you, you got to be nice. You gotta, you can't cheat. You can't, you can't sneak and do things. You got to be on the up and up, basically. But as a heel, you know, you can be tricky, do some, do some tricks and stuff. So you can, you know, uh, you know, you can be a prick, basically. And so, you know, some fans, some fans like that, you know, and 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 I, and I do it real well, and I'm happy doing it, and I get better results as a heel. So, you know, I, I tell my students, you know, I teach them both ways. You know, I teach them how to work both ways. But once they, once you find your niche and you understand how everything psychology works and whatever character you're portraying, you know, if it works out better as a heel, then be a heel. If it works out better as a baby face, then be a baby face. But I teach both ways so you can learn how to be both ways because as a professional wrestler, you are an independent contractor. So whatever promoter is willing to book, okay, say, for instance, you're a promoter, you call it, you know, me or Joe Blow and say, hey, man, uh, I want to book you, but uh, I'm going to need you to be a baby face. And you've been a heel all your life. Well, if you want the gig, You'll say, all right, I'll be a baby face, no problem. You just have to, you know, instead of just being just cheating all the time, you just have to do stuff nicely. <laughs> that's all. That's the only difference about being a baby face and a heel. Have to play now, by the rules. You, uh, go ahead. Oh, no, I just said you have to play by the rules if you're a baby face. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, and you don't want, you know, like I tell my students when I'm training them, you know, if you want some heat as a heel, you cannot cheat in front of the referee. You know, a lot of people just cheat in front of the referee and wonder why the people don't boo them, wonder why the people don't hate them. It's because you got them pissed off at the referee, man, because he saw everything and he's like, you know, the people are chewing the referee out instead of you. And so a lot of a lot of guys don't understand that, and a lot of them need to learn that, you understand? And so that that's when the good training and teaching comes in that I offer, you know. See, right. Icon, you well, can't um, cheat in front of the refs because you, your finishing move is a disqualification. So, see, it's glad yeah, to hear somebody besides have, me. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Mr. Hughes, my, uh, I have a great finishing maneuver. It's called the junk punch him in the man business. It's basically uh, – But, but it's not before. a great finishing move because it's a TQ. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so, anyway, uh, we're gonna, uh, we got a couple minutes here before we wrap this up. Now, if uh, – if uh, we uh, wanted to uh, uh, keep track of you, um, what uh, what's uh, your schedule like for the next uh, few weeks? You got a lot of independent shows you're going to be doing over the next few weeks. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, I got a I got a fan fest up in uh, up in uh, Virginia next weekend, uh, and uh, after that, I got some stuff going on in Mississippi. So, you know, I stay pretty busy. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, we uh, we do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to uh, join us. We know that you're a busy guy, and uh, we uh, definitely uh, appreciate you uh, being on with us, and uh, we hope that uh, you can uh, join us again at some point uh, later on uh, in the year, and uh, and then hopefully you might be able to send us some autographs or giveaways, too. I'll send you the address if you could do that for us. We'd appreciate it. Appreciate the time, my man. Nice, ha- nice. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Mr. Hughes. Appreciate it. We'll see you. All right. Hey, that was Mr. Hughes. Man, that was awesome. 
That was awesome. So, uh, so what do you guys think of Mr. Hughes? That was pretty cool. I thought. Oh yeah. Awesome. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a character for sure. And uh, you know, I think we've had two very receptive guests here tonight, and uh, two guys who, you know, who would definitely. I like to have a beer with each of them. Although I don't know if Dan Seven drinks, but I like to have a beer with each of them. Yeah. Well, Granny Holster would certainly have fun messing with Mr. Hughes. I would really enjoy that. <laughs> well, you 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 just love picking on the heels, don't you? I do, I do, and I tell yeah. you, and this is a perfect example because I have met Cowboy Bob Orton, you know, Randy Orton's dad, Ooh, many a yep, times yep. at an independent show in Harrison, Arkansas called Mid States. They do a lot of okay. legend shows down there, so they've had superstars like Bill Dundee, beautiful Bobby Eaton, Cowboy Bob Orton, Trevor Murdoch. You know, I've even met yeah. um, Eugene there, Nick Dismore there at Mid States. I got to meet him one year. There, but Cowboy Bob Orton, he was wrestling one night, and of course he was the heel, and of course Granny was doing her thing like I love to do, and he's like, he stops and looks at me in the corner, and he puts his hands on his hips, and he stomps the feet, and he says, Granny, I thought we were friends. I said, we are, and he says, well, why are you booing me? I said, because I don't like you tonight, because you're the bad, you're being a bad boy. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, you know, Cowboy Bob Orton. But, but, but one night, one night, um, beautiful Bobby was there, and his um, booking agent, Brian Thompson, who I know I've talked to you about, Icon, and you shared some information with me about Brian Thompson. Well, I mean, we used to go back and forth when traditional championship wrestling was running all the time, and he's like, Granny, what are you doing here tonight? And I said, shut up, Brian. I said, I'm not here to see you. And he also goes by the icon, Big Swing, but he goes by the icon as I-K-O-N instead of I. Oh, I like that. As a matter of fact, and he's going to be on with us eventually. I have a mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, You do. Now, uh, and so anyway, so don't go. No, I was just going to say, so anyways, I told him, I said, shut up, Brian. I said, I am not here to see you. I'm here to see Bobby. And Bobby says, yeah, Brian, you better leave Granny alone before I have to hurt you. <laughs> oh, boy, wow. Uh-oh. You would, you would love to see, you would love to see Granny at a, at a wrestling show, like, especially at an independent wrestling show. You would love to see me interact with these wrestlers. Now, uh, might be really fun, a couple actually, things yeah. here. Uh, I want to tell everybody about our, our show tomorrow. We kind of touched them. Uh, we're going to have uh, actually uh, uh, two and a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour show. It's going to be on tomorrow from 4 p.m. Central to 6.30 p.m. Central. Uh, maybe a little less than that, but it won't be any more than that. Uh, we got uh, two big superstars on with us. Uh, and uh, I also want to let you guys know, uh, coming up here, as a matter of fact, uh, got a few um, a few uh, wrestlers uh, that have contacted me. Not that I'm breaking or anything. They've actually contacted me about uh, being on the show, and I'll uh, I'll drop a few names here uh, so you guys know uh, who I've been talking to. Uh, Hugh Morris, one of them. Uh, you guys might remember him. Uh, and, 
we have a lot of great independent wrestlers coming in uh, that's going to be on the show with us. Um, uh, Big Swing, do you remember uh, Gabrielle Arce? Yes. Uh, we're working on uh, getting her on with us. Uh, if you remember, uh, we were interviewing uh, uh, the guy that she used to manage, and if you remember, she called in out of the blue. Wow. Uh, and they had a had a they had a shoot interview right on the show with us. If you remember that, or you don't remember that? No. You don't remember that? I think. Uh, remember? Uh, Wait. Yeah, he, he Say it again. She, she kicked face. like her boyfriend in the face. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 Yeah, he kicked her. Oh, okay. But anyway, okay. And uh, I don't know if you guys have uh, heard of uh, Butcher Blackwell. Uh, he's going to be on with us uh, in a couple months. Uh, and uh, we got uh, uh, we have we now have uh, I'm proud to say this we now have a guest book from now until next February. Okay. Is that is that, in, that, that's, is that that's, impressive that's, or what? That's insane. That is absolutely insane. And uh, also, so, I want to let you guys know, uh, coming up in October, uh, I know it's a ways away. Halloween. we got to get to the summer first. But, yeah, we have, uh, we're going to have the Heart of the Matter episode. We're going to have uh, Bruce Hart with us and Ross Hart with us on the same day. Uh, on the same interview. Oh, wow. And uh, it's very possible that we may have a couple other Hart family members on the show with us on that day. That would be awesome. Yeah, so we're going to call it the Heart of the Matter episode. You're still working on bread, aren't you? Yes, and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stop at nothing to get bread. Hey, I've been working on DDP for a year and a half. That tell that goes to prove to you guys. That I don't stop. If I, if I want something, I get it. Now, I know how this is going to react, but I'm still working on trying, even though this is a wrestling show, I'm still trying to work on getting one of your heroes on with us. Not Ed. It's another one you know who I'm referring to. That's where so, Icon, I, uh. What? That's where you're supposed to answer. Say that again? You know, if you don't want, uh, I'm trying to get one of your heroes on the show with us. You know who I'm referring Which one? to, and it's not it. I, I, I know who you're talking about, yes, and that would be absolutely huge. Um, uh, does it have say, anything to do to, do, does it have anything to do with one of the greatest phrases of all time? You did one hell of a job, and the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Have anything to do with uh, that? Yes. Yeah, he was a uh, he was a quarterback for the team. I'm working yes, on. Yes. What's, what's the pro, what, what's the progress on that? Uh, it's uh, it's closer than anything. Okay. Nice. Nice. And, um. Uh, let I me. Was, uh, what? And I was just contacted by Marty Gennetti. Beautiful, dude. You are you are the TNA. Ooh. Um. But uh, I'm going to ask him about how it felt to get thrown through a barbershop window. Yeah, I, 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 that's one of the things I want to talk to him about, too, you know. Uh, 
And, uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome to have all these guys. And uh, we have actors coming on. We have actresses coming on. Uh, we have we have film directors coming on this show. So <laughs> there is uh, there is more to this show coming up than people realize. And uh, we want you all to be uh, part of it and continue to be part of it. And, hell, if you're a wrestler yourself listening to the show and you want to get on the show, why don't you give uh, Icon Enterprises a call, 701-205-8784, and uh, see what they can do about getting you on the show, because uh, I'm sure they'd love to oblige you. It. It be, it'll be awesome. I hear you. I hear you. Well, well I got somebody the, uh... you need to work on getting on this show, Icon. Who's that? You need to. He needs to get my good friend Trevor Murdoch on this radio show. Uh, can you hook me up with him? I I probably can. I probably can. I can contact him because he's a friend. Of, he's a he's a friend, good friend of mine. So. All right. Well, yeah. I can I can I can pass your I can pass your info on to him because that's how I got that's how um I told you about Brian Thompson and everything and I know he's done a lot of booking stuff for um Trevor, he's done a lot of booking stuff for Trevor Murdoch so. Nice. Well, yeah. Uh, anybody that uh, anybody from your circle that you can hook me up with, give uh, uh, you have my contact information. So yep, I do. Uh, feel free I do. To, feel free to pass that on, and uh, we will definitely uh, get as many on as we can. Now, uh, the other thing I was going to ask you guys um, during the summer, uh, because our schedules are going to fluctuate because of the other stuff I got going on uh, with baseball. We uh, we're still going to have a weekly show, except one show I'm not. One week I'm not going to be on. I'm going to set up, set you guys up with guests, and uh, you guys will take it when I'm not here. All right. But, uh, there'll, there'll be a, there'll be a couple weeks during the summer that we'll have a Tuesday show and a Thursday show, and it won't be on necessarily uh, on Monday. We are still going to have. Works for me, man. I'm with it. I am with it. And uh, we might even throw a few more special shows on there because, uh, like I say, not that I'm Greg, it may sound like that, but we got wrestlers that want to be on the show with us, and we don't have enough time on Monday night to fit them all in. So we might throw in a couple special uh, day sh- uh, weekday shows just to fit them all in. What do you think? Let's do it. I'm with it, man. I am with it. Um, and I'm also, uh, I also will talk to you a little bit before we get on air tomorrow regarding this, uh, simply because I'm getting the, does the wrap it up sign here from the ESPN guys, cause they want to go on and do their thing. So, uh, tomorrow, I was going to say until next Monday, but tomorrow diamond Dallas page DDP is on with us. That's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Make sure you check it out. Granny Holsters, are you coming on tomorrow with us too? Oh, most definitely, because I got to meet Diamond Dallas Page TCW back at a two-day tournament show that they did in Fort Smith, Arkansas. So, yes, I, I'm not going to miss this one for nothing, trust me. I there we go. Diamond, Diamond Dallas Page, the icon, and moi. We will see you tomorrow.